0: Welcome to the second uh, Sports Tech Australia uh, meetup. As you guys know, a few of you here last time and a few new faces here, the idea of this meetup is just to bring together people who are involved in uh, the conf- convergence of digital and, and sports. So the next speaker is uh, Sean Smith from uh, Wine Market and Fat Paddler. Uh, it has got a lot of experience in creating and managing communities, I guess it's fair to say, and also uh, commerce online, so it'll be interesting to hear John's story. Good one, thanks. So look, uh, fatpaddler.com is a, I guess it's a grassroots community based around paddling. Uh, it came about really by accident for me. I uh, was involved in a couple of very serious accidents, was crippled very badly, uh, was a rugby tragic, played a lot of rugby and, and uh, couldn't as a result. Uh, was also caught up in the Bali bombing as well, so I had a sort of series of fairly catastrophic incidents, and uh, uh, my health deteriorated. I needed a sport, and uh, I couldn't do much because I had a shattered pelvis, which made sport pretty hard. But uh, uh, paddling was something I could do sitting down. I uh, set a challenge, which was to do a 111 kilometre ultra marathon, a very difficult event, uh, which raises money for charity. And uh, I built a blog essentially to try and convince my family and friends to to uh, uh, donate to the charity uh, and to follow my my journey, and I started riding the journey which uh, very quickly got a global following, uh, something which I didn't expect. Uh, From that, uh, and it's uh, it's about four years old now, um, the site, uh, in what is a fairly niche sport being uh, kayaking, has developed a very solid uh, following globally, uh, probably biggest in the US. Uh, big in great britain canada new zealand and and now uh, through europe as well uh... quite a bit bigger than australia which is quite ironic but um... essentially we've now created this entity which is not commercial uh... it is uh, it has really three aspects to it the first is that uh... it's a a sort of inspiration slash exploration uh... content site which is designed to get people outdoors people that are not super athletes uh, people that either have injuries or are just Normal everyday people to say get outside and exercise. Uh, secondly, it's a fundraiser. We've raised uh, I don't know something in excess of about a hundred thousand dollars in the last couple of years for charity. Um, and thirdly, it's about fun. And you know, a big part of what we do is about fun. Uh, I have created a team. We now have a, a team uh, which is predominantly Australia-based, but we have uh, paddlers in Canada as well, and, and that's sort of growing globally. Who produce content. Uh, around the world in the sport of paddling. Very much grassroots, but what we've we've moved to over the last couple of years is I guess extreme sport, Uh, really by accident, and uh, to give you some example of the type of content we produce, um, we have sort of two main types of paddling that we get involved in. One is surf ski paddling. Um, Last year I, uh, at the the sort of challenge of a sponsor, took up surf ski paddling and uh, in six months uh trained enough to head over to mauritius take part in the world surf series there against the world's best um, the content really is all about getting hurt uh, and uh, if you know anything about mauritius it's a it's an island in the middle of the indian ocean surrounded by reef uh, you paddle out through the reef you paddle out in the ocean and you come back through the reef uh, and the sort of the crux of the video really showed me being dragged upside down across the mauritius reef as i came to the finish and it really sums up what we do uh, here in sydney we do a lot of surfing uh, uh... what we call rock gardening which is surfing through rocks and into cliffs and uh... doesn't sound very smart but it's uh, it's a very dynamic area and it's a lot of fun um... and uh... most of our videos really sort of culminate in us being smashed into rocks and, and that sort of thing so, um... we do produce a lot of video content um, that being said because we're not commercial uh, some of our content particularly music is uh... Uh, not paid for, and so YouTube is sort of out of the question for us in terms of uh, displaying that content which is unfortunate because as a search engine uh, it's an excellent content search engine and uh, you know my background over the last, you know, over the last decade I've been either a, uh, a developer or a marketer and definitely in sort of e-commerce and digital space and, uh, and I see enormous value from YouTube I still get a lot of traffic from YouTube because all of my early content which was more about travel uh, was on YouTube. Uh, it wasn't set to music so um, it was safe, but uh, you know, we did things like we'd, we'd uh, take folding kayaks into the wilderness of Alaska and paddle through Alaska and, and places like Fiji and, and the cliffs of LA or the Chicago River at Night and stuff like that which was very very popular on YouTube. Um, the signership was built through social media. Uh, we really concentrated on The actual brand development happened through social media because I was doing it without money. Um, I crowdsourced almost everything. Um, the logo design was a competition on, uh, on Twitter, effectively where designers all over the world pitched in uh, to win a T-shirt with the logo on it. Um, the result of the... What's w- that? How many entries did you get? Um, uh, a couple of hundred. Yeah, and this is going back to 2009, so it's quite early. Um, the activity on Twitter landed me a book deal. Uh, so the publisher come to me uh, and signed me up before I'd even written the book to write a book. Um, i got a lot of national press out of it, which has been growing, a lot of international press as well. And, um, and my approach with social has, has sort of been this. Be everywhere people are and interact in the way they use that medium for. Uh, and that can be challenging, and certainly I've made a lot of mistakes. And... Uh, uh, it's been great for my professional life because I've had this fat paddler entity, which I can test and try things. And uh, I would say probably seventy to eighty percent of the time fail. Um, I've tried, uh, you know, social advertising with various degrees of success. Some of it very successful, most of it not. Um, we've built a great community on Facebook. Facebook is enormous for us in terms of community building. Twitter is a great way to disseminate content for us. Uh, Instagram and Pinterest are, have been fantastic for photographic content, of, we, of which we supply amazing photographic content because we're on the water and often at sunrise and, and we have you know pretty spectacular content. So uh, the biggest challenge for, for me has been not commercializing it, actually. My wife, who is also a, a digital person, works in startups, uh, has been on my back for years to actually make money out of it uh, so she can stop working, sensibly, <laughs> um, which I have resisted uh, not to say it will forever, but uh, I have resisted because I really felt that there's so much more to what we can do with it, and I, I want to make it the best it can be before we think about going down the commercial route. Um, in terms of video, video is what we love to create. You know, we really started before the advent of the POV, uh, you know, the point-of-view cameras. Um, I lose a point-of-view camera about every six weeks is probably the rate. Um, I normally have three. Um, on my boat or on our boats at any given time uh, we have one guy has six on his boat um, but we do lose them quite regularly because we are smashing into rocks and things like that and uh, we're kind of experimenting now in, in how, to, how to make use of drones uh, sort of camera mounted drones which is um, quite challenging when you're paddling a surf ski on a three metre wave through rocks and trying to control a drone which only has a 10-15 minute battery span and not plunge it into the ocean or lose it forever which is quite expensive for a seven or eight hundred dollar view yeah. so um, you know, we're I'm very interested in, in what's happening with YouTube. The the extreme sports um, uh, on there is just brilliant, and uh, and I love it. Uh, I just can't get away with putting music on it, uh, which which sort of is a struggle at the grassroots level. It's probably different at the high level, but certainly the grassroots level, uh, I don't have the budget for, for sort of paid music. Which is a bit of a Excellent. thanks, mate. Any questions, Sean? So how do you how do you um... How do you fund all this? Yeah, right. Crowd, there you go. Crowdsourcing, but yeah, it's it's actually yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not funded. Um, although all of my equipment now is kind of self funding, so I have sponsors practically everything, yeah. um, except cameras, unfortunately. So, if I don't, I don't, <laughs> <Sony laughs> anyone knows anyone? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's funny. Well, I've been through Sony, GoPro, I mean a uh, uh, Lumix or Panasonic. GoPro? No? GoPro is awesome. I, I they don't do a great deal of supply here in Australia. I do know that. The PR guy that's worked on it off for them, and uh, they do a lot in the US. They do a lot with uh, particularly white water and and stuff like that. But um, Red Bull. but less so. Well, Red Bull only get involved with content they own. So uh, I have approached Red Bull, um, who were kind of like, well, we'll just take your content <laughs> yeah. and own it. So well, i went slowly back away from Red Bull. But uh, um, I probably would have done it, you know, just for Red Bull itself. Yeah, we do yeah, drink yeah. a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest expense for me is boats and travel. And my boats are always paid for, my travels always paid for uh, by sponsors. So, um, a lot of what, like Mauritius for example, that was paid for by the travel agent who was trying to build um, some PR and, and social activity around it. And he said, what we do is we send athletes. And athletes are brilliant for content, but they're shithouse marketers. They just simply cannot market. And they said, you're a shithouse athlete, but you're really good at marketing. So why don't you go across and try it? And, and you know, the concept there was actually not even to compete. I was just going to go and write about it and photograph it and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, since I'm there, it'll be a better story if I, you know, I was 135 kilos. I couldn't even sit on a surf ski six months before the race. So I lost 25 kilos in the first three months. I had professional training. I got a friend on board, we set up this competition where for six months we race at events in Sydney competing against each other to build this big global following before we even got to Mauritius. So by the time we got to Mauritius, the bulk of the content editorial stories all came about us. So it'd be like, you know, uh, Dawid Moki who is the world's number one world champion, would get the first paragraph and we'd get the next three below that about these sort of fat, ordinary blokes in Australia who, what they, you know, what are they doing here? And so that's, um, yeah, it's been great. And the travel agent was extremely happy and, and it's, you know, the next two years basically booked out the back of it. So, uh, 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 Absolutely, but it's never. I've never had an offer to, to pay for the content. So, um, look, I mean, I, I look at the content as a way of engaging the community which we're building, and, and we are building a quite a solid community. Um, and as I said, I just haven't really thought about monetizing it. I, I, well, I have, but I've thought: here's what I earn now as a you know an online executive. Here's what I'd have to earn to stop working and do that. And because if I was involved in the sport of cycling, for example, I could do it like that. But paddling is a very small niche sport, You know, surf ski paddling, which is, which is fantastic. And they just they just uh, the first surf ski world championship was held a few months back. They uh, did it live on YouTube. Um, but even live on YouTube for that event was maybe a thousand people. Now for them, that was the biggest audience they'd ever had. But clearly, it's a very small audience. So it is a very niche sport. And we did start a site which is FatPaddlers.com. ostensibly a cycling version of it, which we. Uh, uh, really did as a, as a sort of commercial test, so we had a whole bunch of um, sponsors lined up who said, please do this for cycling and we'll go, uh, but, but we haven't done too much with it yet. So the site is there and we've, uh, we've built a bit of content but we haven't taken. As an niche sport what have you done to, I guess, penetrate internationally? Have you gone with strategic partners? Have you found similar uh, people doing similar things as yourself in the UK, in the US, or have you um, partnered with the paddling associations themselves, uh, yeah, or extreme sports. What route have you gone down? Because there's yeah. obviously a lot of verticals and horizontal. A- absolutely, and so for me, actually, my personal development has been jumping from paddling uh, discipline, if you like. So I do canoe paddling, associate paddling, and outrigging, and a little bit of whitewater and all sorts of stuff. But um, what I have done is, is the, the at the sort of top level, so the top athlete level is quite a Thai community, and they have a very big global following across the board. Um, and ostensibly, uh, you know, I've become friends with, with most of the top paddlers globally, and that's um, kind of ironic, because really they're circles about top athletes, but what they can see is what we're doing to promote the sport. And, you know, um, sport is great at an elite level, but how do you get people at the bottom? You know, if you're a surf ski re- you know, seller, surf skis are designed for the top of the sport. How do you get people to start paddling a boat, which is virtually impossible for normal people to paddle? Well, you need people to prove that can actually be done, and so you know when I started, I was this massive fat bloke, and you know the first I put out this kind of video, which was my sort of it was like a, a, a ninety-second. Um, uh, sort of promo video from Mauritius, which showed my development over six months. And, you know, like, the first bit was just me getting on, falling off. It was just like, it was literally like, a, like a, a barrel going under the water constantly, you know. and But that, that humour, and humour's been a huge part of, of what we do, which is, you know, no one's perfect. And, you know, we all want to try stuff, but you're going to make mistakes, and it's okay to make mistakes. So that has been massive for us in terms of showing those mistakes and talking about them and making fun of them and going, hey, it's okay, you know, you, but that's life, you've got to make mistakes to, to get on. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, the, the fortunately because it is niche, people are searching the globe for content. Um, I, I got mentored, there's a, a group of extreme kayakers in California called the Tsunami Rangers, they were big in the 80s, um, uh, you know, they were sort of uh, featured on National Geographic and MTV and, and these things, and they basically surfed at Mavericks. They surfed kayaks and Mavericks and they started this rock gardening thing where you would find cliffs and you would surf into sea caves and stuff like that and they just destroyed themselves and um, I quickly became friends with them. They came out uh, or their sort of captain came out and took my team out taught us how how to do it watched us get hurt, uh, you know helped rescue us and that sort of thing and they mentored us through the process but as a result they started pushing out our content because they were the kind of you know, kind for of like the founders of the sport, um, but very high, highly respected globally. So as soon as we started working with them, they started pushing our content out, which uh, uh, accelerated our growth. How much time have you spent kind of, you know, trying to broaden your appeal, you know, like yeah. attract more people to the content versus kind of deepening the interaction with the community that you already have? Yeah. So we do a lot of work with events and... Yeah. and very sort of, I guess, charity events rather than uh, sports events. So I mean, They are sports events, but they are charity events. So, for example, uh, Kayak for Kids is, is a Sydney Harbour-based uh, event where they get something like a thousand paddlers who are just ordinary people who have never paddled before, for the, for the majority of them, who come out and paddle on Sydney Harbour in, the, you know, in summer uh, to raise money for um, kids with developmental needs. And so we got involved with them, we helped them to film TV commercials, uh, we disseminate the content on their behalf. Um, they put their stuff out on YouTube, actually, which we then uh, market to our social communities and and so forth. Um, but you know, in general, our content isn't just sport. It's about people and their development, and getting outside and health and fitness and so it's quite broad and because we do an enormous amount of SEO, uh, SEO really is what drove the traffic to the site, um, because we had no money really at the start, so it was all SEO driven. Uh, it's really been about, you know, just motivating people to do stuff. And we don't say you have to do paddling, get out and go for a yeah, walk. Do you think your target audience is really well beyond kayaking, it's it's adventure. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, oh absolutely. So we, we have a, a huge amount of people who don't We've never paddled no. follow us it as well. No, they might never paddle, but they might still follow you? Absolutely, absolutely. And certainly the book helped for that too. So, you know, the, the book for me was largely a failure. it like came out and uh, uh, there's a whole sort of half-hour story on that. But effectively, I had a, a small independent publisher who distributed through HarperCollins, which is the biggest in the world, and HarperCollins wouldn't market the book because I wasn't their author. And my publisher couldn't market the book because they weren't the distributor. And I kind of sat in this no man's land. And so I said, all right, well, I'll market it. But the only way I can market it is not in store. It wasn't every store in Australia, New Zealand, which was good. Um, but I said, the only thing I can market is the ebook. And they didn't put out an ebook for a year. So all of the demand we created, the so start got it dissipated and was gone all the time the ebooks came out. But now it's starting to build. So once they got into Amazon and... and you know, Kobo and iTunes and so forth, um, that is starting to grow and it's sort of been slow uh, and certainly I, I've kind of written it off in the first year, um, but now it's starting to accelerate quite quickly and this book is really, it's probably more tongue to rugby players than it is anyone else. It's, you know, it's been endorsed by um, Al Baxter who, oh, okay. who read it. There's a lot of rugby in this book because it goes through this sort of journey of, of really rugby and then catastrophe and then sort of paddling as a sort of redemption part, but uh, yeah. It's such an inspiring story. Yeah, it's that's a awesome. great story. Um, great. Is there? Do you think there's like a, a, sto- a script in that book? A movie? Yeah. And who would play you? I'd yeah, probably yeah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to say Eric Banner, Look, I don't know. You know, I hadn't yeah. even thought about the book. What happened yeah. is the happened with the book is there was a double-page story written in Sydney Morning Herald about my story and. Um, uh, it was, it was a lot, well, I won't get through a hack, but it came about, and um, you know the publisher came to me and said, "Have you thought about writing a book?" I said, "Well, um, everyone aspires to write a book at some point." And so, yes, but no. And then they said, "Great, we need it in four weeks' time." And I was like, "Well, I had a job, you know." <laughs> and they said, well, will just take a month off work." I'm like, "No, no." So, yeah, but it took me, it took me, I think, I think it in five months. But it wasn't actually that happy. To be honest, because it was absolutely rushed, and they, they kept I saying, Why? Well, one is... One so that, well, that's, that is true, that is true, but they stopped me from editing, so I was editing on the fly, I write for a week, edit for a week, and they were like, No more editing, we're going to do that. And then, so there are parts of the book which I wrote and edited which I love, and then there are parts which they edited, and I went, That's terrible. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't the best process, and when I write the next one, which I've just started, um, I won't go through a publisher, I'll publish it independently, and, uh, and take a bit more time to make sure the content is right. But yeah, I. I you know, when you look at it, I mean, it's kind of... It's it's accident, Bali bombing, yeah. catastrophic accident, you know, was very, very bad. And then there's this kind of, you know, discovery of the outdoors. And then there's this adventure in Alaska, which was really quite astounding in terms of what happened there. And uh, and then finishes with this enormous ultramarathon, which was... For, which was yeah, horrific. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you're and, creating a market for <laughs> your Yeah, well, it's, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Another question I had was, um, recently, isn't... Uh, pedals, like a big, it's big massive, trend, right? Yeah, it's absolutely massive, and um, it's massive because chicks and bikinis do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely, and, uh, you, you don't want to see me. You know, in, it's it totally. smugglers standing on the sub. But uh, yeah, it, it is a huge sport, yeah, but it's. Yeah. We don't know how to react to it. In the, in the, um, it's not something I'm particularly interested. It's in, probably the one for paddling I'm not interested because it's not really paddling. It's more, it's kind of surfing, you know. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, I love to surf, but I surf boats um, because of my injuries. It's sitting down is not easy for me. But uh, it is massively growing. There's some, there's a great clip on YouTube which has um, a sub manufacturer. You know, he was a sub manufacturer launched their... Well, maybe it was a bikini. Anyway, they launched their product by having... They had 100 supermodels in Sucks going down a channel in like Venice or something like that. And, and it was just... And and it was kind of... You know, it was kind of crowdsourced. So they, they just did it and just people wanted out going, what the hell is this? Yeah, you know, yeah. just stunners and such like that. So clearly that has a, a bigger marketing pool than fat blokes and guys. I about the whole new videos with music on them. Because there ways to... Um, yeah, well, I, you know, here's the thing, mate. You know, I use Vimeo for most of our content because it doesn't it doesn't uh, discriminate from the music point of view. But I don't get any traffic from Vimeo. I get a heap of traffic from YouTube, and I stopped using YouTube in 2010, I think. But the stuff I have there drives a heap of traffic. Where Vimeo drives nothing. So, you know, clearly, uh, and as a digital marketer and as a SEO guy, um, I know exactly, uh, the, you know, the capability and the potential there. Um, I have just felt that, look, I can't afford, I am a blogger, essentially, and not a commercial one, so I just have no way of funding paid content. I'd love to talk to you now.